are listening to Law and Gospel on this Rumination Tuesday, March the 30th in the year of our Lord 2021. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're taking a look at a hymn, Christ Jesus Lay in Death Strong Bands. And that is the hymn assigned for Easter Sunday. Well, you're not going to be surprised that the author is Martin Luther. In fact, it is an expansion of his other hymn, Christ is Arisen. The hymn begins by echoing the words of St. Luke. God raised him up loosing the pangs of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. That's in Acts 2, verse 24. And there are some great law and gospel teachings about the hymn also, which we're going to be taking a look at as we are joined with Pastor Mark Smith. How are you doing, Pastor Smith? Hey, real good, Tom. Have uh, a blessed Holy Week to you. I'm looking well, forward to looking forward to all the services this week. Yes, and unless our listeners haven't realized it, you are an interim pastor now, and you are conducting those services. Uh, what church is that? That's St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Wildwood. Great and what congregation. Are their service times. Yeah, their service times, well, uh, Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday are both at 7 p.m. in the evening. Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, 7 p.m. And then uh, Sunday morning, 8.30 and uh, 10.30, both uh, Easter services of Holy Communion. Yeah. Yes. Is there going to be a Bible study Sunday morning, or do they have a little meal? Not this week. No, uh, no Bible study this week. It's just it's it's just going to be too busy with all the worship. But we're going to open up the Bible classes again uh, after Easter. Well, and you've been there what about three weeks now? About a month. Yeah, almost a month. Wow. So, you know, I was talking to you about whether you'd be wanting to do sermons elsewhere and. You were wanting to take a little rest, but I think you're really looking forward to continuing with this congregation. Oh, yeah. They're great people. It's a great congregation. Uh, It's just uh, really enjoying it, really super enjoying it. And the the people are real genuine and gracious and and friendly out there. And they love their Lord Jesus. They love their church and they love the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yes. A former member of mine was pastor there. Steve Reardon. Reardon. Yes. Yes. Good man. He's retired now, and um, his wife was very much involved in the pro-life movement. Also international student ministry. Yes, right now. Christ Jesus lay in death strong bands, seven verses. So we better get started. Would you read stanza one, please? Gladly. Christ Jesus lay in death's strong bands for our offenses given. But now at God's right hand he stands and brings us life from heaven. Therefore, let us joyful be and sing to God right thankfully loud songs of alleluia, alleluia. In fact, each 
verse ends with an hallelujah. And this is the first time that hallelujahs probably have been sung since Ash Wednesday. Uh, since before Ash Wednesday, actually. The, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday, we, we kind of retire that word hallelujah until Easter. You're, you're right. We haven't sung them all, all during Lent. Oh, I thought Lent began on Ash Wednesday. It does. I had never yeah, heard I suppo- of. I suppose not you can sing the- Hallelujah the night before Ash Wednesday. Yes, I suppose so. You're right. Yes, as you are and, often right, Tom. <laughs> well, you've been talking to my wife. All right. <laughs> so, how do you explain to a child laying in death strong bands? What are those strong bands? Well, yeah, in death strong bands. Uh, well, of course, you know we cannot uh, we cannot save ourselves. We can't uh, we can't raise ourselves up from death. Uh, the strong bands of death, or I suppose sin, death itself, and and hell, the devil. And the word uh, "band" is metaphorical for being tied up. That's right. We're bound. We're bound. Without without Christ, we'd be bound in death forever. And bound to Satan. Right. And Jesus lay in those strong bands. How did he do that? Well, he he suffered. He suffered the very pangs of hell as he as he hung on the cross. Of course, when when his own heavenly Father turned his back on him because of he he bore the sins of the whole world, the sins of all time on himself, and uh, he suffered hell for us. And he also died. It is finished. He he really died. You could say God Himself died on that cross, and he was uh, dead and buried. But of course, he was risen. He was risen. He, he descended into hell, first thing, and then he was risen on Easter morning, bodily. All right, I'll read stanza two. No son of man could conquer death. Such rule in sin had wrought us. No innocence was found on earth, and therefore death had brought us into bondage from of old, and ever grew more strong and bold and held us as its captive. Alleluia. Now, it begins, no son of man could conquer death, but Jesus often is referred to as the son of man. Yes, in fact, that's his favorite expression for himself. Uh, What it it means in this line is, no, no man who was man alone. You know, Jesus was both God as well as man. No man well alone could yeah. could uh, conquer death. But Jesus, being God as well as man, could. He's the only one that could. And his phrase, Son of Man, is found in the Old Testament, like in Daniel, where the Ancient of Days sends the Son of Man to earth to redeem the earth. That is referring to Jesus coming in judgment. Right. When we're talking about Jesus under the gospel, we refer to him not so much as the Son of Man, but as the Savior. Right. And so there's really quite a difference there. So no innocence was found on earth. And that, of course, would be referring to after the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. Right. Exactly. Because prior to that, there was innocence. All right. 
Stanza three, please. Okay. Christ Jesus, God's own son, came down, his people to deliver. Destroying sin, he took the crown from death's pale brow forever. Stripped of power, no more it reigns. An empty form alone remains. Its sting is lost forever. Alleluia. That's a great picture of the defeat of death, isn't it? Yes. It's kind of interesting. Christ Jesus, God's own son. After our discussion on Thursday about this woman pastor saying that Jesus was not the only son of God, there were plenty of sons of God, then I would like it to say, Christ Jesus, God's only son, came right. down. Because that's what the teaching of the Bible is. Right. But he took, he took the crown from death's pale brow forever. I kind of think I got a picture of a, of a skull with a, with a crown, and it's ripped off by Jesus. Yes, well said. And that was because he was wearing the crown of thorns. That's right. Which was his humility. But now we receive his crown. That's what we're dressed in, the white robe and his crown. Yeah. And it's not that, a crown of thorns. How's that passage go? Be thou faithful unto death, and you will receive the crown of life. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And being Let no faithful. Man take thy crown. Right? What? Being faithful means. Remaining in, remaining in the faith, believing in Jesus as our Savior. Yes. Belief. That's the big thing. Right. Not works. Yeah. Uh, clinging to his promises. Yes. And, and that's the goal of the church. It, it's very interesting. These promises make no sense. They're not reasonable promises. But when you share them with someone else, the Holy Spirit can use them to create faith, which means, number one, they believe the promises are true, and second of all, they adhere to them. Yeah. And that's why we always say, you always go to the cross and the resurrection anytime you're in a problem, because that's where you get help from God. Yeah, it's only through the Holy Spirit that we can uh, that we can believe in the promises of our Lord Jesus. Yes. So, stanza four. It was a strange and dreadful strife when life and death contended. The victory remained with life. The reign of death was ended. Holy Scripture plainly saith that death is swallowed up by death. Its sting is lost forever. Hallelujah. So what Luther is doing here is trying to explain the Easter message. And it's a Easter message that the people in the pews had never really heard uh, until Lutheranism came to the forefront. I'm not saying these people weren't believers, but they kind of like were like the disciples prior to the resurrection they didn't have a full understanding of who Jesus Christ and his mission, what it truly was. And so this explains what, what's the most important line do you think here in this verse? Well, the line that catches my attention is when it says, when life and death contended. You know, I wonder if we shouldn't, 
have capitalized that word life because it was Jesus that was contending with death, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. I, I suppose that could have been, life could have been capitalized, meaning Jesus himself. When life and death contended, and the victory remained with life, with, with Christ. And you can almost capitalize death, because who is that referring to? Well, that's uh, uh, the devil, I suppose. Yes, Satan. And yeah. that's a capital too, also. Yeah, although so I wouldn't was, give him, I wouldn't give him any credit, though. That's the only thing. Yeah. You want to give him credit? No, I wouldn't give For, the devil his due. He's uh, a defeated enemy. Right, but he should be recognized as a power that had to be defeated, and it was impossible for man to defeat him. Oh, absolutely. I agree with you there. Yeah. Yes. He's like so, a roaring lion. Seeking whom he may devour. devour. Notice that the Reformation principle of Scripture interprets Scripture comes in. Holy Scripture plainly saith that death is swallowed up by death. Yeah, that's a great line, isn't it? Death is swallowed up by death. It's the death of our Lord Jesus that defeated that defeated death. And how do you explain that to a child? Well, that's a that's a good one. Um, it is finished. When Je right before Jesus gave up the ghost, he said, "It is finished. Uh, salvation is accomplished." Every single sin that was ever committed has been atoned for. Every single person that has ever lived or ever will live has been redeemed. Well said, because death is swallowed up by death. The death is referring to the devil, but he's swallowed up by the death of Jesus, because all the work of the devil comes to nothing now, because he can no longer accuse the saints before God of being sinners since Jesus, one of the words from the cross is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they are doing. That's right. And that's how death is swallowed up by death. All right. Stanza five, please. Here our true Paschal Lamb we see, whom God so freely gave us. He died on the accursed tree, so strong his love to save us. See, his blood now marks our door. Faith points to it. Death passes o'er, and Satan cannot harm us. Alleluia. Yes. It was indeed a strange and awful sight. The Paschal Lamb, a lot of people might not understand that word Paschal. Yes. <laughs> you oh, you don't it? understand it either. <laughs> no, I would. I would uh, substitute that as uh, the, our Passover lamb. He is our yes. Passover lamb. Now, what was interesting about the Passover lamb when it first occurred? Well, that was uh, that was uh, the night of the first of the Passover plague, the last plague, last of the ten plagues of Egypt, and of course the the children of Israel were instructed to to take uh, take the lamb's blood and uh, and spread it 
with a hyssop branch, which, by the way, is the same branch that they lifted that sponge up to Jesus lifts on the cross, to spread that blood on the doorpost and lintels of their doors. And when the uh, the when the uh, the, the a- angel, angel of death angel of death uh, saw that blood on the doors of the children of Israel, it passed over. Uh, the houses that did not have that blood on the door, the firstborn, the firstborn of each household, and also the firstborn of their flocks and herds, uh, perished. Yes, even even up to even up to the uh, Pharaoh in Egypt, he lost his firstborn son because they didn't have the blood of the Passover lamb on their door. And this verse makes very clear that there is a blood that now marks our door. That's Isn't right. That a great phrase. And it's and applied what, to us through baptism. Holy baptism, you could say, is like the blood of the Lamb on our door. Yes, faith points to it, and death passes o'er. Now, wait a minute. People still, even Christians, continue to die. So how does death pass over us? Well, when, when we die... Our, our spirit, our soul goes right to be with the Lord Jesus. It, it immediately yes. goes to him. And our soul lives on with him in paradise. And not only that, but on the last day, our bodies will be raised glorious, glorified in a glorified state. And our bodies will join our souls in that new heaven and new earth with our Lord Jesus and with all the saints, all our brothers and sisters in Christ for all eternity. Yes. So the idea that death passes over, there's two deaths in the Bible. There's the mortal death and there's the eternal death. Right. Jesus also suffered the mortal death. Yes. That's he right. He died. He really died. That's that's why it's important uh I think it's John that witnessed that witnessed that the uh, the lance was thrust into his side and out came water and blood. In other words, the blood had already coagulated. He was indeed dead. Yes. You know, many translations of the Bible, when they're doing the prophecy of Jesus going to the cross, he's whipped, he's scorned, he's nailed to the cross, and he is killed. That is a bad translation. He is not killed. He dies. And the reason he's not killed is because to be killed, you have to have someone do something to you to put you to death. Whereas in Jesus' case, how would you explain it? He actually, he gave up the ghost. He died only when he was ready, when all the scripture was fulfilled. I thirst was the last prophecy that was fulfilled. And he he cried out in a loud voice and offered up his soul to his heavenly father. So so his, his, his death was his own choice. He died only when he was ready. And the centurion was so astonished at that. How did he refer Jesus as? He said, truly, this was the Son of God. Yes, because Jesus had done something that no one who had been crucified had been able to do. I'll read stanza six. So let us keep the festival to which the Lord invites us, 
Christ is himself the joy of all, the sun that warms and lights us. Now his grace to us imparts eternal sunshine to our hearts. The night of sin is ended. Alleluia. Now, when it says the sun that warms and lights us, how is the word sun spelled? Uh, it's, it's spelled S-U-N, just like the sun in the sky. Yeah, not S-O-N. No. And so this is kind of a metaphor because even at the birth of Jesus, he's referred to as the light of the world. Yeah, the sun and, of righteousness arise. Yes. Yes. So what we have here is eternal sunshine to our hearts. What hearts? Well, it's, it's a helpful picture after we've had such a brutal year and a brutal winter. And remember, we, we sort of missed the Easter celebration last year. Yes. And so, and so after the, the brutal winter and, and the cold and the bitterness that winter brings, that picture of the sun that warms and lights us. The spring is here. Uh, the, the blossoms are budding. And uh, it, it's eternal sh sunshine in our hearts. And, of course, above all, that's the, the Son of Righteousness arising with healing in His wings. That's our Lord Jesus Himself uh, coming back to life and assuring us His resurrection promises that He is who He claimed to be, namely the Son of God, that His Word is true, that the Heavenly Father has accepted His sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, and that because He arose, we will too also rise on the last day. Yes. The eternal sunshine to our hearts refers to those new hearts. David talked about creating me a clean heart, O God, right. and renew a right spirit within me. So that part of the criteria for going to heaven is you must be a sinner. Your heart is filled with sin, but your new heart is filled with faith. And therefore, when you believe the promises of God, your sins are forgiven, and you receive the robe of righteousness. That's right. That's what Easter is all about. Mm -hmm. Stanza 7, please. Then let us feast this Easter day on Christ, the bread of heaven. The word of grace has purged away the old and evil leaven. Christ alone our souls will feed. He is our meat and drink indeed. Faith lives upon no other. Alleluia. You have a distinction here, therefore, between the bread of heaven and the old and evil leaven. What's the old and evil leaven? Well, remember the expression that Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Yes, uh, well the, said. The, the leaven of the Pharisees, were, they, they thrived upon the idea that they could save themselves by their own uprightness and by, uh, and by following all the, the laws. And, of course, that's, a, that's an evil leaven. That's a wrong idea at all. The, the, only the good news, the good news is sa saves us, and that, that teaches us that salvation is an absolutely free gift, and only Christ can give it to us and, uh, through his Holy Spirit. And he indeed has. Yeah, a distinction we make from law and gospel point of view is that under the old leaven, you merit 
heaven, where under the new bread you inherit heaven. It's a gift, yeah. Yes. And that word inherit is the one used, by the way, in Matthew 25 on the sheep and the goats. The sheep inherit the kingdom of God. That's right. Uh, and therefore, they're saved, as you've been saying, by grace through faith. So the word of grace, which is the gospel promises, has purged away the old and evil leaven. And our souls are fed only by Christ. And look what Luther does here. He is our meat and drink indeed. What's he referring to there? He's, he's referring to the Lord's Supper. Yes. And so definitely on Easter Sunday is a Lord's Supper day. You bet. Because that's when God gives us his true meat and drink indeed. And faith lives upon no other. That's right. It is so sad, those congregations that don't believe in the true body and blood of Jesus Christ in the sacrament. Yeah, it's not saying it's not saying they're they aren't Christian necessarily, but they're sure missing out on a wondrous means of grace that God wants us to to benefit from. He wants us to benefit from the gospel and uh, and from baptism and the Lord's Supper and and uh, you know there are some church bodies that are Christian, but if they don't believe in the real presence of Christ's body and blood in the sacrament, they're really missing out on a on a great a great uh, strengthening blessing of the Lord's Supper. In fact, it's more than that. According to 1 Corinthians 11, to take the Lord's Supper inappropriately, as you just said, right. people were getting sick and some yes. were even dying. That's right, yeah. Paul warns us of that. So we're looking forward to a great Easter Sunday. And um, this is the first Easter Sunday you'll be preaching apart from your old church, isn't it? Right. That's right. So you're looking forward to that, and that church is blessed with you as interim pastor. Well, All right. a blessing. I'm Tom Baker. That was Mark Smith. On Tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we'll continue with taking a look at a church in Revelation that Jesus has a message for, which is also a message for you. Have a great Easter Sunday. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.